Welcome to Side Quest Completed, uh, episode six. Uh, recording this on April twenty second. Uh, and uh, if we have episode titles, I'm titling this one "Failure to Launch." Yep. Uh, we're gonna talk a bit about games that we started and not finished, which is more than the games we have finished. Indeed. Which tells me the case. Uh, which is at least at least that's normal, yeah. unfortunately. So true. But at least. Yep. Yeah. So I am JC, resident software developer. And hobby game developer. Co-host is I'm Calvin, uh, also developer and hobby game developer. Right. Today we're gonna to talk about games we've tried to make and failed at making. Games that we never actually finished. But uh, before we get into that sad state of affairs, uh, would you uh, work on for the last week? Uh, surviving my new job, working on lightning talk for the new job, and getting ready anxiously to move. I'm actually doing that this next month. We're already starting the preparations for that this week. That's where all my time is going to be for a spell. We have a whole bunch of crates here in the apartment now. We're not loading those up. Start throwing some more things away. I'm going to donate hot sauce to the office. Well, those things to transfer. And that's pretty much been my time lately. All right. Um, so I, I actually got a little bit of work done um, on my game on Neon Den. Uh, I got a third arcade game prototype finished in it, and uh, I also spent a little time um, getting some of the artwork that I'm continually putting off, which is getting it to be a sad trend every time we do these updates. Um, but I also kind of reevaluated some of these sort of overworld mm-hmm. choices, and I'm going to simplify it a lot, which will take out some of the things that I'm having trouble tackling, um, basically moving from less of a walk around to interact with things to click on the things to interact with them. Um, it also translates better to a mobile version that I want to build at some point and just takes out a lot of character animation and other assets that I then won't have to take the time to do, um, especially if I'm having so much trouble with the drawing. Just, yeah, so basically you take you know, get around taking some it. object lessons from Anthem and avoiding scope creep and reining yourself in before you make a huge mess of things. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's something that could easily change in the future. So, like, you know, down the road, if I get all the other things that I do like working on, like all the little mini games done, or to a, a point where I want to take a break from them, I can come back and yeah. do this. But for my initial goal of getting, like, a playable demo together, it's not necessary. It's, it's work that I don't need to be doing at this point. Agreed. Something playable first and enhancements later. Cool. Just gonna talk about move on right quick to our what we've been playing, reading, etc. thing. Guess I can start with that. I've been busy on that front. Still enjoying the Dimension W manga. It's been a fun trip. I can't remember. I may have already mentioned finishing Digital Minimalism and Willpower doesn't work. I think we talked about those already. Yeah. I started reading yeah. John McPhee's Levels of the Game, which I've been meaning to read for several years now, and five it up as an impulse purchase in the bookstore. So I've got a full copy of that I've been marking up. It's a very engrossing read. Amazingly engrossing, not just relative to the fact that it's about a single tennis match and the background of the players, but I don't even play tennis. I'm finding this engrossing. Um, but definitely forward. Yeah, well it's very well written. John McPhee is kind of renowned as a writer, put it lightly. That's been really good. I've started reading Mary Kondo's book, Magic 
to the life-changing magic of cleaning up, tidying up. I already read the manga ages ago, so it's been interesting to go back and read the actual original work. It seemed very topical. If anything, I wish I had started reading it last week. Be ready for this move. All right. Um, Game-wise, still dabbling with Polytopia because it's too much of a temptation. We had to see about making it unavailable to reinstall. Um, enjoyed the Overwatch event for one week, and then started finding it grindy. And just after a few, few days of that, I'm actually uninstalled the game already, just half an hour ago, and going to let it sit until the next event. No compelling reason to get back into it. Yep, so only playing as much as I'm actually enjoying it, and then putting it away. Yep, going forward, probably finish everything I've got on my plate already. I might pick up Baba Is You. I've been to do that for a while. I sold the version. But, yeah, I'll be pretty... Yeah, that looks, that looks like a yeah. lot of fun. How about you, Calvin? Um, so I've been playing... Um, Game-wise, I've been playing more of Enter the Gungeon, and I've also gotten back into Into the Breach, Ooh. which um, I think is a game that I'm going to be... It's probably the thing I'm going to pick up every once in a while for forever. Yeah. Uh, Pretty, pretty sure that's what that's going to be, which I have no problem with. Cause, uh, it, it, it's amazing how that game is so tiny, and yet you can just play it yeah. forever. I powered um, through that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I have still been reading um, uh, Will Fire Doesn't Work, and I'm having trouble getting through it. It's, 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 I, I, I have a little bit of a problem with the some of the tone and examples in the book. Yeah. Uh, there's like... The practical information I can get out of it is spread really thin through so much fluff that I just don't really mm. like, uh, unfortunately. Which I like, I like the things I'm getting from it, but it's, it's a hard chore to get to those yeah. things for me. Uh, but I'm going to finish getting through that. Um, I've also been um, kind of speed watching uh, the show that I uh, found on Netflix. It's just, I found it on its third season, so there's to watch it's called uh, Kim's Grocery. Green uh, family Rosa funds a grocery store in Toronto or, Toronto or Vancouver. I can't remember which one they live in. Uh, but it's just, it's hilarious. I love it. And um, I just go to watch it every day. And then my wife started watching it too. So, like, I'm watching both where she's in it on still the first season and I'm on the third season. So, I'm already re watching it before I've even finished. Uh, and we're working our way through the second Sabrina the Teenage Witch oh, yeah. season two, which is, oh man, I just, I can't get over the, the tone and style of that show is, it's, it's fantastic. It's like watching oh, a painting. Yeah. Well, you know, my girlfriend and I haven't started season two yet. I've been a little bit hesitant based on the ratings, but I'll give it a chance later. We just... I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, have you seen the Christmas stuff? Yes, that's the last one we saw, I think. It's been yeah. really good. I'm looking forward to, we've been watching more of The Tick, which has been fun. That's gotten a little bit zanier. And more of the original. And what else? Orville has been consistently good. Discovery has been interesting. I was, I thought I had a nice enough season ending. Fingers crossed for doing more in season three. I might actually have a little bit better handle what the writers might at this point, what they're actually trying to do. So, fingers crossed. I remind myself that pretty much every Star Trek has had a rough first season, and they're only on their second season, so give them some time to yeah, figure it out. Uh, I have also, um, my whole, as a family here, we've been 
re-watching, well, me and my wife re-watching and my son for the first time watching Inuyasha. Um, oh, wow, that brings me back. Me and my wife are independently big fans of that whenever we were, when we met, and my son's like, just about to turn 13, perfect for a lot of cliche anime. Wow, yeah. Uh, so, it's just kind of a, the perfect thing to watch together. Um, and we're also, in kind of the same vein, we are also rewatching with him uh, Farscape, which just hit Amazon Prime. And for me, that, but I, I've rewatched every Star Trek show three or four times. Farscape beats all of them out of the water, though. Yeah, that really brings me back. Um, it's been forever since I've seen that. Yeah, it's just not as readily available. Um, but now, yeah, the entire series is on Amazon Prime, which is fantastic. So I'm, I'm going to work my way through probably two watchings because. Nice. Yeah. It's funny. We talked about all the stuff we've been watching and reading lately, which seems very appropriate. There would be such a long list in the context of failing, of failing to finish games. Oh, that did not beat <laughs> me. As I said, every single word. Yep. Same, same. There's a not easy trade-off to make, and one I'll probably be making again soon, the name of more game project completion. So fortunately, the stuff will still be there later. So they don't take it off Netflix at random. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that's probably a good time to transition to what have you been, we've both been saying all the time, consuming all these things. So what have we not been doing yeah. at the same time? Let's see finishing game projects. Yep. So uh, I guess yep. we both compiled a list of some of our more notable attempts that have not, never seen fruition. And so, Calvin, do you want us to go back and forth? One project at a time? Yeah, that's good. I think we've both got uh, six, like you said, notable uh, games that we didn't finish. And as I said before we started, it's kind of sad that, like, I, I noticed that we both had that list that I assume, just like you, this isn't even all the games not finished. It's just a total of a dozen games between the yeah, two of us just the... that are only the important ones that we haven't finished, which is yeah. a little bit more frustrating. But uh, I'll, I'm going to start... Um, it's a little bit semi-chronological. Um, the first one is the first game I tried to build. Whoa. Or at least, like, aside from just goofing around, like, in high school. Like, this is the game that I actually built up an engine in C++ way back before I got into Python or web development or anything else. And I was only programming because I wanted to make games. Um, and the working title was always Project Scorpion, which was a very horrible name to use, but... I was 18. It's not cool. <laughs> um, and I tried to describe this game as a sort of a cross between Mega Man, Diablo, and Starcraft. Whoa, ambitious. Um, the it was kind of it played a little bit like Diablo, uh, left and right click style, um, but you also controlled drones, um, sort of like in Starcraft that could construct and uh, manage resources for you. Uh, you were kind of like this. It follows the story of these um, prototype mechs that were scorpion designed, uh, you know, like lasers and the tails and stuff. And the, your drones were like these robot spiders that came out and like salvage supplies and parts from the fallen enemies. It's like a lot of shooters, you know, you like you, you blast an enemy and you get some kind of fire power up or some ammo drops, stuff like that. But actually, yeah, so it, it, it followed this thing where you, you piloted the original prototype of this mech, uh, and then five more were built that were sort of like specialized, like a armored version, a aquatic version, 
uh, you know, each one with like a different ability or power. Um, and each of those were sort of the boss of a different area. And when you defeated them, Mega Man style, you then acquired that ability. You as the prototype were like the most flexible one that could sort of take on all of these things. Like, um, just like Gundam Wing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I worked in that for a long time, like right out of high school. Um, I, I got fairly far with this um, from scratch C++ and SDL engine. Then I learned what Python was. Uh, I found Pygame, and I was like, "Oh, this will make it so much easier." And then I accidentally a career in web development, um, and that was about eighteen years ago. So that's what happened to that game. Is I just kind of shifted my entire focus as a developer. Uh, but that's 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 what I was doing whenever that shift happened. Which I, yeah. I've talked about that shift a lot of times. How my career is sort of accidental, you know, and it's pretty common to have gotten into programming because you want to make games and do other things. That's a yeah, thousand I of also, us who can say that. Yeah, I also accidentally entire web queer, so I sympathize, I empathize. All right. So, uh, so what about you? What's uh, what's a particular gem for you to have left behind? We'll go way back to would have been late, mid-late college era, undergrad, game officially called Axe Princess. Worked on it with a friend-slash-roommate at the time, the artist one, the original design. It idea being a probably Metroidvania-inspired experience before that was cool. Uh, with you, a princess with an axe, and with no patience to be saved by a prince, who was busy saving herself. Yeah, it's interesting designs together. I think the one animatic, uh, novel prototyping, this design work, and then more college happened, and Lima's moved to California, and never really got together on it. Actually, just almost forgot about it until I turned out some files on it in preparation for this podcast. It's going through old Dropbox files. Like, oh yeah, X Princess. Holy crap. I know, especially uh, get the other game sometime I actually do it. Interesting. I don't have any any assets or any resources or leftover from the those early attempts that I had, and felt um, like it would have been really cool to to work with a partner at that time, that far yeah. back. It might have happened if you like get to focus on it, but yeah, there, there. Our career, I had my own career. We had just going different ways. Still in touch. I should probably book him about it actually. Maybe we want to go back to it. Yeah, I, I had a lot of, like, almost all my friends were, like, you know, into computers as it was at the time where you know, that was sort of a vague and specific enough thing at the same time. Uh, but, you know, even though we all talked about these different game ideas, I'm the only one who actually went and learned to be a programmer and make some steps towards it. So I thought that, like, that was a thing that uh, several of my friends were going to do. You know, we were all kind of uh, into that, but, like, Everybody else just kind of wandered off in different directions and trying to make a stab at it solo back then just wasn't really going to happen. Yeah. It's a, I think it's the exception. In the lone developer is usually a myth, and even then an exception. Because there are people that do it as teams. It's easy to overlook the folks who do it as teams because they don't stand out as, don't appear uniquely yeah. special. That's very well, this, much, they're easy to overestimate. So- you're solo. There's nobody getting mad at you when you don't hold your up your up your end. You know, like uh, yeah. It's definitely very much a reporting bias thing. It's just we make the some like the sort of in Minecraft get a lot more attention. Because people are amazed that 
one person, quote unquote, one person did it, and very much overlook the other people involved in periphery, well, or other yeah, games I, are made by two more people. Well, it's just because if there is one developer, then that is itself a story, and if there's more, that's just not part of the story. So, yeah, yeah. We had a discussion about was it like big man theory of history? Cool. Right. That's all. That's a whole different episode. And a whole yeah. different podcast. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I guess uh, your next game. So my next game is particularly sad to Aww. talk about. So as, as far as as far as a topic of failing to finish games, when I... So this game was called 30 Days to 30. The actual premise was about not finishing games. Oh. It was a game... It was a, um, it was a point-and-click adventure game about being 29 and turning 30 in 30 days, which I was when I started making it. Oh. And about trying to finish a game while also juggling time to work and relax and managing your 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 house and, like, paying your bills and, like, trying to... You have, to like, all these things through the day that are taking up the time that you can't contribute to the game and, like, trying to balance that and actually finish it. I tried to make a game about trying to finish a game before turning 30 and I didn't finish that game. <sighs> yeah. I don't know now, now that it's a few years later, if it even makes sense to finish. Might be better to let it to, to leave it where it is at this point. A historical artifact. Something to give me a biography later. I thought that it would sort of motivate me. And it kind of was like I thought of the idea right when I had thirty days before I turned thirty and I was like, oh that's that's perfect. I'm gonna do that. And I thought that'd be like you know this motivating goal, um, and I did make good work on it. But it just, um, yeah, finishing in 30 days. It, it was a simple thing, but still, it was a pretty um, ambitious 30 days. So yeah, well, it was always 40 to days to 40. Oh god, shut up! <laughs> I don't know if 36 actually, days to 36 is the same ring to actually, it. I, I just had this thing today, actually. Me and my wife were doing the math wrong, and we both thought we were a year older than we actually were. My birthday was two like, two weeks away, and her birthday is this weekend. Yeah. So, like, yeah, we, we actually thought we were a little older, so we got a little more time than we thought. Okay. I don't know how... Does anybody else do that, where you forget how old you are? Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's nothing you look at that has your age on it, just the year, and I just kind of did the math wrong. Of yeah. There are a lot of out. 20-year-olds who do the rounding error. Yeah. <laughs> but they're dumb. I'm not supposed to be dumb. Yeah. That's your already drink. Okay. Yeah, so I guess that's, I guess that's a logic lesson in self-imposed deadlines not always enough. I mean, I, I still, maybe necessary. I really like self-imposed deadlines. It's yeah. just that particular one was a bad example. Or a fantastically artistic example in retrospect. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. You're also doing another like 10 days to... It's increments, 40 to 40, 50, 50 60 to 60. Yeah, and yeah. the older I get, the longer the window will be. Right. And the slower you'll be. Sorry. Ooh. Yeah. Also more productive, too. I guess, jump Maybe. onto mine. Uh, similarly, this other game was also, I think it was a game jam. I have very little documentation on it. It's called Warrior's Forest. And all I've got, I think, is like a screenshot or two and a smattering of, I think, those are your JavaScript or Python files. Then we looked that closely. As I can tell, it was probably a Ludendari entry. 
Yeah, I still did not sure what was happening with that. I think there's going to be a platformer involving poetry in some fashion or another. All you know is that I didn't do enough to prepare for that. And clearly didn't give that enough time to do it right. So even a really tight 48-hour deadline, or 72-hour deadline, depending on Ludendari, may not be enough to see results if you're not prepared properly. Yeah, I have a lot of trouble with those jams. I just, they very rarely line up with the kind of energy and like some people are like motivated by them. I need to coincidentally have a weekend that I'm feeling already motivated and it happens to also be a game jam. Um, yeah. So I, I have not participated in them much or had good luck when I've tried. Um, I used to try to do Pi Week um, every year, whenever that, or every other, every six months, whenever that ran, uh, back when I did more Python games. But it just never really worked out for me, uh, game jam wise. I do really, like I said, love the self-imposed deadlines, but jams for whatever reason just don't fit for me. Yeah, not everyone, not every kind of a production schedule is right for everyone. Yeah, so I guess we can go on to my next one then. I guess your next one now. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and I actually reordered the ones that I was going to talk about because my next one is a game jam game. The Ta-da! one time it actually worked for me. Um, so this was uh, this is the only Ludum Dare I actually did and finished. Um, nice. It's called Last Patient. Or I think I had two different versions. Because I had the, the Game Jam version, which I did go well and I sort of finished. But it was uh, you know just a Game Jam game. And I then intended to sort of expand that out into a larger game. I think um, one of them had a different title, but I can't remember which was which. But the general premise was um, the apocalypse had already happened. Machines had already taken over the world. Um, but for the most part, everything's just a sort of a husk of civilization. Uh, and you were a doctor in the remains of a hospital with a single patient left on life support, trying to collect old batteries and fuel to keep the machines going that's keeping this person alive. Mm. So the, the longer you play and the further you're scouting out from the hospital, the longer it takes to get back as the fuel runs out and the generator, um, and the more powerful the robots get that you're trying to fend off. Uh, and you only have a shotgun that you're not a very good shot with. Um, so I, I really thought it turned out great. I really, it's the only game I've done that really like feels really good. Like there's like a really good uh, tone in it that I want to revisit again. And I did try to flesh it out into a larger thing. But it's one thing I did with Love 2D. When I was sort of experimenting and leaving Unity for that, and I really did like it, but just long term, it wasn't working out for me. So, whenever I went back to Unity in general, that game kind of got lost. And I don't know now if I should go back and just have this one game on a different engine or try to redo it in Unity since that's what I'm spending all my time. Yeah, good question. Something probably to examine separately. Could we get probably like a conversation of what should we? What are the criteria for visiting games? What about what we revisit? Should we revisit? What's worth carrying on? What should be discarded? And yeah, how I much mean, we can carry over like, the actual civic implementations versus general principles or themes or whatnot? Yeah, it's a tough balance. Like, it doesn't all have to be the exact same system and framework and all, but I. I don't like the idea of not being able to reuse things that I build or, you know, learning skills and tool sets that aren't going to be valuable elsewhere. So it's a rough subject for me as far as 
it's a very demotivational thing to, for that one outlier. The time put towards it just does not feel as valuable because I'm not building up the experience I can use on the next project. Yeah. Well, at the same time, it could be argued that having completed a game out there, regardless of the engine, is its own great experience and motivator. Yeah. The fact is, I probably should just go back and finish it as it is. Yeah. Enough to call it done and close out loop. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So I realize um, I actually mix up the names of my projects. The one I was talking about before, the poetry one, uh, was Viking of Love, which makes okay. as much sense as to use it as to me. I had no idea what I was going for with that. Was me and talk about Actual's Warriors Forest was definitely a game jam. Uh, probably Looting Dari again. And it was a short, very short visual novel. End up with one major choice in the game and all hand drawn art by yours truly. So I should exercise a little bit of those art class skills. It was Vicarious, mixing fantasy and sci fi. And did I particularly good choice? Uh, I was definitely a little too, way too short for what could have been happening in there. So I'll call it a maybe one third finished visual novel. It was all Renpai. So it's good, at least there's nothing else. It's a good learning experience for Renpai and encouraging to see a finished enough game worth putting out there for feedback in gen context. But yeah, I might not hurt to actually, I was supposed to ever revisit it. Had a good run. Wasn't really compelled by a story idea beyond that one context. So I just call it done enough. Even if it's half bait, it's not be worth putting back in the oven, metaphorically speaking. As it's so, gonna go back in the in the storage. Was that your first Red Pie game? I don't think it was my very first. It actually may have been, I can't remember if it was one before that. There may have been some noodling around with Ren Pie before that, but it's the first one that was like an earnest effort that I see mm-hmm. saw it all the way to a premature ending. And that's what you're using today. So regardless of how that individual yeah. project went, it sounds like it, you know, sort of paid for itself and the time that you put in because clearly you found something that works for you and that you've been sticking with. Which exactly. Is itself is valuable as finishing a particular project, having that that tool set that you work well with. Strongly agree. Yeah, definitely glad I did that. Much at least it was only a work learning experience. Yeah. So I guess uh, uh, on to your next game. Yeah. Um, so the next one, I think I've started about three, I think a year or two ago, I think I started this game about three times, approaching it in different implementation ways with various prototypes. Uh, at least one of those was Love2D, and then there was also a Unity version. This was like around when I was bouncing back, and this was a game called Tower of Treasure. And the basic idea was I wanted to, I get, I was trying to tackle that, the problem of not finishing games by coming up with a game, an idea that I would like, but it would be really dirt simple and wouldn't have a lot of flair to it. And I wasn't trying to do anything fancy. It was basically, I want to make a simple tactics game where you fight from level one to a hundred of a tower, collecting treasure and beating monsters. And that's it. Um, nice. So the original working title was just a hundred floors. And then I went with tower of treasure after that. Cause I kind of like the alliteration. Um, and I, I was semi inspired by a game called hoplite. Um, it's a tactics game that's also sort of a puzzler because the way it worked is 
Um, you have a very concise set of moves you can make, and every time you make a move, all the enemies make their move at once. Uh, it has a lot in common with um, uh, with Into the Breach, as far mm -hmm. as that, like that sort of that the. I, I think describing them as puzzles does work, uh, you know, distinct from other tactics games. Like it really is a much more concise movement that feels like that, or like a like a board game in some ways. And so I was kind of trying to put that aspect into it, and I also wanted to sort of have this um, asymmetric character design. So there was, you know, all three characters had very different abilities that you would try to use together. Um, I think it was like an archer and a barbarian and a kind of thief slash mage or thief priest sort of character. Um, and I, this is another one that I really hope to, to revisit sometime even though it was really like simple. Like it wasn't like I had some, oh, I really love this, this story that I want to tell through this interaction. It's just, I want to have a straightforward fight a bunch of monsters thing. And I also wanted to have something where I could finish it and then take that engine and build other tactics games that do have a story. But I, wanted to be able to tackle the implementation separate from having to come up with a good story for the game. Makes sense. So that. You know, play that, yeah, the whole idea of having a foundation to build upon. Using a little more to work with. Yeah. So, um, I hope I'll go back to it. And uh, what do you got next? Yeah. I'll get uh, Read, Write, Retribution. As I like excuse, Yeah, I like it. It's used to learn... Uh, MongoDB, experiment with that. The idea is that it'll be as much art project as game demo, interactive fiction, in that every time someone would access a given entry in this virtual console, it would corrupt the record. I change a random letter or plank it out or whatnot. Eventually, the more people use the actual game, the more project would get until there was no actual game left. Interesting. Yeah. I did manage to get some very basic stuff down, some starting articles, going a little bit into the backstory and what led to the current circumstances, but never went very far in that. They got the basic engine down where accessing it would cause the record script a little bit, if very simply. I like the idea of going back to that. The made with like a little more of an original idea for record corruption. Maybe something involving natural language processing or machine learning tools to make it corrupting part a little more interesting. We'll see. So you said this was using CouchDB, so like when people, you, you, you seem to say that in a plural sense. So this is like going to be online so that anybody who goes and plays it is corrupting it for everybody else? Right. Yeah, so it's a last little excuse to learn MongoDB. And, oh, right. The manga, not Calcity. Uh, but it's similar. It's yeah. always used to learn a NoSQL database more so than a particular one. So does that mean there'll be like a finite number of people who could experience the game before it corrupts to the point that nobody can play it? Yep. That's very like that's very art snobby in a yeah. good way. Yeah. After all, I can always just reset it. No, it, it, it feels better if if you say that it doesn't, you know, as long as yeah. nobody goes and just refreshes the page a bunch of times and screw it up for everyone. Exactly. That's why there'd be a reset button. Yeah. You definitely see that working good as art installation because you'd reset it for every showing and then mm. be available to the attendees. Yeah, this is no fancy painting. It's going to have to self-destruct permanently. Except for maybe the final version. 
something to think about. Reminds me a little bit of this um, this installation that I saw recently. Um, it's like this box that you it's a box with a hole. You put your head through it, and inside there's a screen that generates a random, a procedurally generated skull rendering, mm. and then it deletes it. And it only can generate it when somebody sticks their head in and it senses that. So only you can see it, and then nobody else will ever see that again. Your special skull. Mm. Yeah. That sounds kind of fun. Unless you want to do more stuff with AR and VR. That could be fun sometime. Oh, yeah. So that may be something to consider later is game design and art overlap for a podcast episode. Especially yeah, yeah. Especially that things be... that are only, like, time limited. Yeah, that would be a fun topic. Cool. So let's hear about your next game. Yeah, so this is a little bit along a similar line of, uh, I was going through this phase where I really wanted to like tackle the unfinished games by simplifying. And so I, I wanted to make essentially just simple puzzle games following existing patterns, uh, 2048 or uh, or threes or match three games, um, but, you know, themed. Yep. So I had a, I had a match game that I was making, um, which was... Um, themed around like you're in a jungle that's corrupted by a magical jungle that's corrupted by some evil magic uh, and by collecting magical seeds and matching them up you're casting spells to fight the corrupted jungle animals um, and it actually went really well and I actually got pretty far into it um, and then it's another one that I should go back and finish um, but I Kind of lost interest when I started to get. I, I ran into some bugs later on, and I, I kind of got frustrated with trying to debug some of the timing of, of the some of the timing bugs I was running into, and I, I just kind of petered out at that time. And by the time I got interest again in development, it was other ideas interesting me. And another one, the, kind of in that same phase, I was also working on the idea of taking a themed twenty forty eight game, which would be like a fighting game where you're playing the twenty forty eight style thing and my idea there being i just made this simple base and then every holiday i can put out an update that themes the game you know so you have like a halloween version filled with halloween enemies and a, <laughs> a christmas themed one and it just would be a way that i could like put out a new thing like as a mobile version for the next year or two um, which i thought was a nice idea because then i could first get the core and then just work on assets every time i worked on it i kind of wanted that but then I got less interested in building mobile games because, wow, that seems to suck as yeah, far as actually getting anything out there. Yeah, same reason I didn't go into the game industry or animation industry at all was just there was not a lot of return on investment there for the average participant. Yeah, maybe that would be a bad thing to try out anyway if it's not too much trouble to put out. Yeah, I like I've said for many of these, I'd like to go back and finish some of these. Uh, Seed Magic in particular was... Um, fairly complete, and I got like more asset work to do, and a few bugs that I need to fix on it. But I could finish it in like a couple months, and I should go back and do that sometime. Uh, yeah. But I think I want to get like I, I might even finish it sometime before Neon Den, but because uh, Neon Den is a much bigger project. But I need to get this to a decent point first before it feels like I'm just abandoning it. Yeah. If I get a little further along, I could definitely you know shift focus just to the sort of break, um, uh, you know, for a month or two. But that's a little down the road. Yeah. No, I half wish that there's some psychologist, psychiatrist listening who's just subconsciously diagnosing us 
wouldn't be surprised if th- their first thought was, oh, these two clearly have ADHD or some other focus issue. Are, are you hoping we get an email from somebody who just says, oh, here's the thing you need to do. It'll fix all the problems. Yeah. That's what I said. It's like, at least identify what the recurring issues are. Because I would not be all surprised if there's like a real ADHD thing going on or some other similar noticeable issue inflicting messing with us. Because it's definitely been a recurring pattern. So I guess a similar thing with uh, my next game, Oasis Station. That was actually a group project for Strawberry Jam. Uh, if you click, I want to say two to three years ago. And is there enough? Well enough for the plan, the group, the squared chat, whatnot, getting stories together about, was it a therapist on a space station uh, helping a lot of clients in, in an interactive fiction twine context and then just utterly petered out. I think I hit some impressive spell. My energy just disappeared, vanished. I know one of the other writers had their own impressive, definitely impressive spell. I'm not sure what happened to a couple other ones. There's a bug in my office. So, so uh, if you yeah, wanted to revisit, if you wanted to revisit this, would it be sort of complicated because other people were making parts of it and own those parts or whatever? Yeah, it's we like, just have to start from scratch and not use yeah. any of the earlier stuff. How far do you get in that one? I don't remember anymore. So long ago. I have to look at the files, but not especially far. We don't think we made it maybe a week or two into the month-long Strawberry Jam before all our energy just dissipated. I know I was not in a great place mentally at the time. It was like as much a diversion from life issues at the time. It may have been between jobs. So I'm not surprised that it peered out. Definitely was not enough, not a good headspace ultimately for that. I, I like the premise as far as a setting to tell a bunch of different stories. Yeah. yeah that sounds like that could that could be a really good framework. Yeah, it seems really conducive to that. Wouldn't mind revisiting the idea just like with a guess more organized team and with more folks who are focused they're more focused and more driven than I am. Yeah, at least more consistent as far as I can provide stuff and they can help. So, yeah, I I like what you're saying. What you're saying is what we really need is we each need to find a team where we're the dead weight. (laughs) Not the dead weight. Like the ballast. Sometimes you have to throw off. Well, uh, I, I, it'd be interesting, you know, especially the same kind of, or, you know, like um, another, you know, the fiction thing, like at the trial that you're working on now, um, maybe when you finish that, this could sound like an interesting thing to to revisit as far as a theming and, and setting. Um, once you've gotten a lot of things under your belt as far as how to construct and finish that kind of game. Because my yeah. games are all over the place, if you've noticed. And you have a lot that are like similar types. For me, every single one is totally different, and I have to throw everything out. Uh, but you look like you're able to carry a lot more from, from project to project. This is a higher level context. Uh, t- that, was, that would have been Twine, which I've used multiple times. And they even completed mm-hmm. one actual game with that. Oh, that's another one I forgot. There's a another twine I tried to make about involved remixing. And that was like a theme. And the story got kind of interesting because the characters themselves started remixing and it got really confusing. 
Yep, I remember the name of that one. So let's off the list. All right, well, speaking of lists, I have I have one more on my list. It's um, the final countdown. This is one that at the beginning of this year I thought is what I was going to be spending the whole year working on. Uh, it's called Deep Deep Labyrinth, and it is definitely one I'm still working on. It's just sort of on hold only because I needed Neon Den to give me a sandbox to work on a bunch of mini games because, as I said before, it kind of works well for providing me a way that I can scratch itches for a new game idea without it just being a total tangent and you know, mm. something I can actually use. So Deep Deep Labyrinth is a sort of um, it's a first-person shooter-ish, uh, but in the style of if it was running on a 286. Whoa! So I classic hardware. It's, yeah, it's it's about it's like a 60, it's all 16 color um, palettes um, and like a 300 by 200 or 320 by 200 um, resolution, but built in Unity. I did some tricks to make that work. So I get like modern tools, but I can make it look like that. Um, and you play as a pair of uh, adventurers, a swordsman and a mage, who hear about this goblin wizard that is terrorizing the local town. And you go into the caves to try to to stop him. And then he escapes. And you follow him. You find this huge labyrinth underneath the, the caves that then you go down through. And I... I love working on it because I've got like these what I think are like really great environments that I'm really happy with how I've been able to build them up. Like each level is a very different feel and I'm, you know, you can really express a lot with those sort of limited palettes and and pixel art. And I really, I really love the feel of it and I want to go back to it. Um, But I'm trying to like build this camaraderie that you have with the person that you're playing with or, you know, your NPC Um, and you you kind of play as both. So that mm-hmm. I can then do some really dramatic things story-wise towards the end as you are playing against. Um, and just because we're not going to have a lot of... Like, I'm doing one of those things where like I don't want to talk a lot about it because there's like a twist. Mm-hmm. But who's going to... you know At this point, not a lot of people are going to hear it. So the the basic thing is that the, that the, the necromancer that you're chasing is trying to use your connection to your partner... To you as the player, your connection to the NPC, he is trying to sacrifice the NPC so that he can use your connection to get out of the computer. Oh, so that meta. Yes, because the whole thing would be like, if I, you know, if I could finish this, I would then brand it as like, I found this old burnt CD of some shareware game from the 90s, (laughs) but it's actually a cursed CD. I love you very much. So I, I'm, I'm even working on this thing where like the um, the render itself gets like warped as hands reach out, as if he's actually reaching through your screen, and it was really cool. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to that, and I will. Um, it's just like I said, Neon Den is important because I need that sandbox for itch scratching, but this will be a big project too. Well, sounds like that'll be fun. Looking forward to seeing how that turns out. You can save it yet from the yeah, dustbin yeah. of unfinished projects. Yeah, it, it will get there, and it's it's fun to work on uh, once I get back to it. Nice. All right, so that brings us to my final unfinished game. Game, game. Yep, this one is Crystal Beast Tarask. That's actually a project from earlier this year. The recent Strawberry Jam did that silently. It was my first real in-depth project 
with Rust. Well, as much an excuse to learn Ooh. Rust as anything else. That's not and try and write, Yeah, and try and write some more event-driven software. Core idea is that it's a, it's a JRPG battle system. It's a turn-based combat. But the combat plays out automatically, and you can change what happens in combat um, before it replays on it, before it replays over and over. So you actually have the option to, for example, prepare to dodge an attack and after the fact, and then when it comes around to loop again, your character actually dodge the attack they see coming. Or they'll know to finish off a certain enemy before they get healed by the enemy or whatnot. And the only way to win is to because every battle starts with you inevitably losing, and then go back and reframe the combat. I think, things, I think you've talked about this one in some of our first episodes. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think you gave the title. Yeah, Crystal Beast Tarask, CBT. And that, while it was a great experience, went a whole six weeks on it, probably could have gone longer. It was ultimately diverting from needing being able to finish Anthrotari, Planet Oz, and other such stuff. And it was much of a diversion from just an unfulfilling job experience or anything else. So when it came to... It was clear that it was going to have a new job coming up soon and other stuff to finish. I very much called it done. Well, called it a hot work order. Yes, these... You don't think you would revisit this like after Anthrotari? It was a experiment learning about Rust and driven stuff and that did its job? Um, I very well could. I might just do it in a different... No, I probably would do it in Rust again. Just write it from scratch. Now that I know more Rust and know more about what I want to do with the game. I definitely want to prototype the engine, actual play engine some more just to make sure it's actually fun to do before developing any more gameplay or any more engine. Maybe I could probably find some way to fake it initially just to see get the feel of the game. Things move so fast in the Rust space right now that by the time you look at it again, there'll probably be huge amounts of new tooling and options available. Right, yeah. One more reason to sit in it for a while. Okay, yeah. There's a definitely calling the current iteration stopped and no plan to visit it as is and worry about it only later because it was very important that I call that and just call quits on that to limit how much I had happening at the same time. Well, sounds like it was a good learning experience and a need to scratch and also something you needed at the time, you know, maybe before you got your more rewarding job. So that oh, yeah. sounds like it also did a job. It's it's job there, which is good. So um so we're we're getting um pretty high on time here and okay. um we both finished our, our list. We both had a half dozen games listed here. I'm sure we both have more. I've got a few in my head already that I thought of just while we're talking. I'm not going to go into or suggest that we go into. Um, so I wanted to try to get us onto the aspirations for next week or yeah. actually next two weeks because we're going to we're gonna take another two-week cadence between this episode and next because you got your move coming up. Yep. Um, but I want to make sure that we kind of um, get through this because we, we are kind of high on time and I want to make sure we wrap up. I'm sure we both got stuff to do. Cool, so, yeah. Uh, what so are you looking forward to? Yep. So I look forward to preparing to move and then actually moving. So all we're doing for the next two weeks. Good Thankfully, luck. the move itself is like a 10-minute drive. It's still into a smaller place with less storage. And thankfully, a bigger living room. An actual living room proper. 
that's should be fun if also exhausting. Thank you for plugging away at the new job. I am still on the beach, as they say, so I don't have actual client to work for yet. So we have had to happen anytime now. I'm not really going to know my availability until it happens anyway. So that's one more reason to defer a bit. And lastly, I'm going to, since I haven't heard back from my original person, I was supposed to contract for help with Planet Oz. I guess he got somebody else to take care of some work. And see, but otherwise getting that back in motion. So I said deadline to get that book out in time for a major uh, family event. I want to have that ready in time for that in June. So fingers crossed. And that's Thanks. my agenda for the next two weeks. Thank you for that. So, um, so my, my main goal, I, I kind of remembered that my main goal for April was supposed to be getting just a demoable version um, of Neon Den, which is part of why I wanted to simplify the sort of overall part. Uh, and so I think I still have time to do that, especially with the week, with this week, finally weekend coming up that I really don't have anything to do or it's not a holiday where I'm trying to relax a lot. Like I can just burn a bunch of time on getting this wrapped up. I got the prototypes done. I've got art ready to be put in. I got the overworld simplified to something doable in a, a long night. So I think I can make that happen. Um, and the demo itself does not t need to include this, but I also want to finish a high score system because part of you know the arcade is always the high score screens, of and course. I'm going to sort of build that as a standard shared fixture between all the games because the high scores are something that sort of ties all of the games together. Um, you're kind of always trying to get the high score on the machines to be really cool. So that, that's sort of a shared um, thing that once I implement once, I can use in all the games. Um, and maybe it'll be in the demo, or maybe it'll just be more development I'll do after I wrap up the demo part. Um, and then I got some like non-development tasks that I want to try to get to, which is I need a logo so that if I talk about this, I can have something to show. And I need to start grabbing like a domain. I grabbed a Twitter account. like Just kind of stuff to get ahead of time that when I am ready to start promoting or just sort of giving some hints about the game, that I have somewhere to do that and some visuals to share. Sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah, uh, I hope you know I've had some prog some uh, slower progress, and I hope this month. But I think still the demo goal, which was my main goal, is still very much within within reach. So nice. Or to proving to myself that that is the case. All right, like your plan there. All right, so things like we're good to go. So, Calvin, I'm forward to seeing you in a couple weeks' time. Yeah, good luck as you move, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. Alright, see y'all Space Cowboys and Space Cowgirls and Space Envies. Adios.